Turn in your Bible, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And we read verses 18, 19, 20, and 21 tonight. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18, 19, 20, and 21. May we pray. Father, we've just saturated this whole hour tonight in prayer. We thank you for the honor of talking to the Lord about all of earth's burdens. We know there are people here tonight who have problems, there are heartaches and hurts, and some who have gone through recent valleys of sorrow, and some whose loved ones are very sick. Father, we've brought all of that to thee, and now we ask that you would open the word. And in these closing moments of this hour, give us a challenge and a message that will send us out loving thee and determined to get under pe other people under the word of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Paul is one of the most magnanimous men who ever lived. He knew what it was to suffer. He knew what it was to be lonely. He knew what it was to have heartache. He knew what it was to be disappointed in people. He knew what it was to be deserted. He knew what it was to be stoned and left for dead. He knew what it was to be imprisoned for the name of Jesus. But Paul just kept on keeping on. And over and over again, in face of all sorts of hurdles and obstacles that would, that would sometimes drag the best of us down, Paul just kept right on going. I feel like he was subject to depression. He said one place, I was, I've been exalted and I've been made low, I've been abased. And he said, lest there should be given to me more than I could handle as far as exaltation is concerned, God gave me a thorn in the flesh. And I asked God three times to remove it and he wouldn't do it. But he said, I'll give you grace sufficient. Now it's that Paul that says what I'm going to read to you tonight. I think he was in a perennial, continual revival all the time. And uh, these little epistles, Philippians and Ephesians and so on, are called the prison epistles because he was in prison when he wrote them. And here we read, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, I'm not sure but what that is the formula for revival. Right there. Very simple. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Now, the command there is not really a focus on alcohol, although incidentally he mentions it. He says, you know how people are when they're drunk with alcohol, they're intoxicated. He says, Christians ought never to be like that. But he said, there's something that they do that we ought to watch because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what we do. We get outside of ourselves. And a person that's drunk with wine is often outside of himself. And he does things that he wouldn't normally do. He does uh, odd things and unusual things and he gets excited and so on. Well, Paul says, we're not to be drunk like that. 
But we're to be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're to be running over with the Holy Spirit of God. And here he says, what will happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We'll be thankful about all things, no matter what happens, whatever comes, we'll just have to be thankful for it. And we'll submit ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. The greatest need Glendale Baptist Church has tonight, as great as our need is for money, as great as our need is for people, as great as our need is for love and compassion and zeal and soul winning power and all of those things, I think all of those things will come when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the church can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless individuals are. People right over here on this side, the people over there in the back, and right in here in this middle section, and right in the back, and over here, and over here, and over here. We, and here in this pulpit, we individually must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 4.30, I think we have the key to that. Because the very natural thing when we first get saved is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And we receive Him. That's actually technically what happens when we get saved. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Godhead manifests Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who comes to live in our hearts and when we first give our hearts to Christ, he comes and occupies the throne room. He occupies an important place. He occupies all of our life. But pretty soon, we don't have to live very long, not very many days, maybe not very many hours, until bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking and unforgiveness and grudges and all these things begin to crop into our lives and force the Holy Spirit over into some corner room and he doesn't have control of us. He doesn't have access to all of our being. And so we have grieved the Holy Spirit. And this is the reason Paul says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. But let all bitterness and wrath and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, like a coat that you don't need anymore. Take it off. You don't need that grudge. You don't need that evil speaking. You don't need that old thought in your mind. You don't need that jealousy. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. You don't need all of that. Put it at the, at the foot of the cross. Take it off. Dismiss it. Thrust it away. And then a few verses later, he says, and be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe God can fill us with his spirit tonight. I don't believe that the fullness of the Holy Spirit is evidenced by speaking in tongues. I do not believe that the evidence of the Holy Spirit is clapping our hands or lifting our hands or jumping up and down. Now, I'm not against all of those things. I'm not preaching against it. I'm not preaching negatively tonight. I'm just saying those things are not the evidences of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The evidences of the fullness of the Holy Spirit is that God puts a song in your soul. You have something inside to sing about. The evidence of the fullness of the Holy Spirit is God makes you thankful. 
just grateful. I don't know how in the world a flat tire can help me, but if a flat tire comes and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I thank you for it. Maybe you're trying to deliver me from some accident down the road or something else, but I, I just trust you. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come and make us, we'll, we'll have a spirit of humility. We're not going to be proud of ourselves and boasting about ourselves and egotistical all the time. But we'll submit ourselves one to another in the Spirit of the Lord. We have roles to play. And we'll find that role and do it. And that's what will happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he goes on the rest of the chapter and talks about how wives will behave and husbands will behave and children will behave and masters will behave and employees will behave and so on when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But the thing we need, the thing that God wants to give is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to suggest seven things as outgrowths of the fullness of the Holy Spirit that will give us the kind of winsomeness in the Spirit that God can use to bless others and to bless this revival meeting and to bless His church and to bless lost souls. Number one, prayer. I think when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to, be a, we're going to have a prayer burden. I think it's unimaginable that a person that's filled with the Holy Spirit wouldn't want to pray about everything. Not, not just at certain times, but all the time, continually. Tonight, this whole meeting has been a prayer time. I appreciate all of our men who have been up here praying and leading us in prayer. And all of us down on our knees a while ago praying. But this is a prayer hour. When we leave here tonight, we need to just have that same spirit of prayer. So as we walk down the street, we drive down the road to our, in our cars, we go home tonight, we just before we go to bed, and we, we drop off to sleep. The other morning, early, early in the morning, I found myself just praying. I woke myself up praying. Did you, did you ever do that? I woke myself up praying. Sometimes we wake up uh, dreaming, wake up this, that, other. I woke myself up saying I, over and over again, it was just, oh, Lord, help, oh, Lord, help. And I was, had this revival meeting on my heart. I was just praying. And I believe God can give us a spirit of prayer where we just pray without ceasing. Pray, pray, pray. Because everything will depend upon God. But secondly, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, I think we're going to go do something about that prayer and try to find somebody and try to get them in touch with God. I believe the Lord will lead us to visit. Go out in personal soul winning. Go out in trying to reach people and get them in touch with God. You know God isn't going to perform the miracle next week of filling that tent unless you and I get on the telephone, get in touch with people, go by and visit folks, tell them about the revival, take a, we have prayer, we have revival reminders down here, take them, put them on the boards at where, you, where you're uh, working and invite people, encourage them to come, offer to go by and get them, bring them, and God will bless that. I believe if we can get them under the sound of the gospel, many will be saved. I think we saw that last Sunday. If we can get the people who are lost under the word of God, many will come to Jesus. Thirdly, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, this book is going to be important to us. We're going to quote it to ourselves, those sections we've memorized. We're going to study our Sunday school lesson. We have a wonderful lesson next Sunday, Daniel chapter 6. We're going to be reading the Word of God. Sometimes, you know, I like to read the Bible through. And we've challenged each other to read the Bible through in a year. I like to do that. 
But sometimes I get in such a hurry doing that that I, I miss some things and I slow up and I say, now, Lord, I'm going to skip some chapters. I'm not going to stay up this day because I want to just I want to just digest five verses right here and just saturate myself in them and, and wallow around in them a little while till I get to know what you're saying here. And let the word of God dwell in your heart richly in all wisdom. And then I believe if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to be singing. Brother Jim's going to be leading the revival choir during this revival. And we need to be in that room. Tonight, after church, we're going to have the, the Hallelujah Revival Choir practice. And everybody here ought to be in there. And we're going to sing and have a good time singing about Jesus and preparing for the revival meeting and also preparing and memorizing the Hallelujah Chorus. And all of us ought to get, be in there and get in that. Everybody, nobody's exempt from that. You just come right on. And I believe when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we want to sing. I do not believe that it's God's will that we have an empty choir up here. Do you? Or that on Sunday morning we come out here and have about 15 people in the middle of that choir. That's not God's will. We've got people that sit out here in the congregation. And I don't know, they maybe say, well, I got a sore throat today. Or I got a sore tongue. Got a sore toe today. Or I've got to hurry up and get out of church when the church is over. And I've got to this and I've got to that. And oh, I just don't feel like it today. Well, that isn't God's will. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll run up to Brother Jim and say, can I sing in the choir? Can I sing in the choir? I'll fellowship with people later.